<laughs> I'm always laughing when I say that thing. After that's what men of God say. All right. So if you already say, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, the Lord is good, oh, I said the Lord is good. Let's declare the word of God. Want to let go? Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. Please greet somebody beside you. Tell the person, understanding has come to you again today. Greet somebody as understanding has come to you. Say congratulations, you are very wise. All right. Greet one more person. And let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Alright, Revelation chapter 2. Let's start reading again from verse 12. We read this many times, but the points are just still there. Last time I think I, I ended up giving us the word of the Lord Jesus, which I believe is what he's saying specifically to the church in this season. Remember all these letters, they have different things in each one of them, but each Christian is supposed to go in and listen to his own message inside the letter. And that's what we are doing. And last time we looked at what is the word of the Lord Jesus for us in this season. The Lord Jesus has a word for his people in this season. And one thing is that he wants us to depart from ignorance. I said something to us last time. What Jesus expects from us at each point in time is normally not much. Following the Lord is not hard. That's what we sat on last time. What he expects from us each time is not much. What you just need to look all right for is the word of God for this season. When he said, give us this day our daily bread. Now you can look at that as a matter of food, as a matter of drink. But you can also look at it that there is a word for each season that you are supposed to operate by. There is a word for each season. Each time, anything you are going into in life, there is a word for that season. And that is why you must learn to pray that prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. That is, there is something we are going to use to conquer the challenges of this season we are stepping into. In the same manner, when God is correcting you in each season of your life, there's just one thing he's asking you to change in. Just one thing he's asking you to modify. I said last time, the problem Christians often have, they spend their energy on things that don't work. Many times they are trying to solve a problem, but they are looking at the the, the, the fruits, the leaves, all right, the branches, but they are not looking at the roots. Most times, what the Lord is looking at is the root. And each time, there is just one thing that the Lord is asking us to change in our lives. For example, he may say to us that you love money. And you may not realize it. You are a good person, but you love money. And at that point in time, what they're just saying that work on your love for money. Now, that love of money is causing many problems in life, which you have been praying about, you don't realize it. But what he's just saying is that the love of money is the root of all these, your troubles. Okay? And so if you are able to look inwards and realize that I love money, how do I know whether, I'm, whether I love money or I don't love money? In your own situation, God will find a way to explain that to you. But the story I told you of a man I met somewhere, a big businessman, and I met him that day, he said he has come because we had to do some waiting. He said so that he won't waste his, waste his time, he brought a book to read. And that book was Business by the Book, Larry Bucket. That was what he brought there to read. And while he was he reading the book, he said, let me be sure I am still serving God and I am not serving myself. That's it. There are different ways he does it. He wants you to know whether you love money or not. He can make you suffer loss 
and he wants to see how you react to it. You can suffer loss. He wants to know how you are going to react to the loss that you have suffered. All right? Those are, that's one of the ways he can use to tell you that you love money. Okay? Sometimes he tells you that you are just selfish. Sometimes he tells you that, look, you are too earthly minded. What he wants to point to you sometimes is that you are not looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus. To you, is theory. You are not taking the word serious. Each point in life, there is just one thing he's trying to say to you. Or let me say maximum two things. Usually not too many things. Not too many things. Just telling you this season, focus on this area. All right, now we saw it last time that what is listening to the church in this season? He's saying, look, go and learn. Too much ignorance. Go and learn. Fill your heart with revelation. Fill your heart with the knowledge of truth. Fill your heart with the knowledge of Christ. Spend money. Spend time. Let me say that again. Spend money. Spend time. Some things will come to you naturally. Other things will not come to you naturally. To sit down and watch football, it comes naturally. To sit down and watch a movie, it comes naturally. <laughs> I'm about to say this. One of the major reasons why I don't watch, I don't watch movies much, all right? Maybe in a whole year, I probably watch one or two new movies. In one whole year, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't, okay? I hardly do, all right? Once, once in a while, I sit in front of TV sometimes. But even the little I watch, I keep away from African magic, Nigerian movies. You see my reason in a moment. Now, you say, why are you angry with them? It's simple. You tell a story in four hours, you could have told in 30 minutes. That's just my reason. Some of those stories, you could have told the story in 30 minutes. Then you, you, it will play to God be the glory at the end of the first two hours. And I'm very, I'm very, look, with movies, I'm very impatient. Once my friend and I were watching a, a TV program in Lagos those days, and one guy set another guy on fire. He used a fire thrower, threw fire at the other guy. The old guy caught fire. So he ran away. That was Claude Van Damme. And the next thing the guy took a turn, the man he set on fire came out to continue the fight. So my friend and I just put up the TV that two of you are not serious. He <laughs> 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 just said, what nonsense. We just took the room and put up the TV. Say, what rubbish. Maybe because both of us are doctors, and we understood that you can't set a whole man on fire. And he comes back to start fighting. He just like, what are you? Now that's it, with movies, I don't know. But some people will sit down, that's one of the reasons why I don't like these uh, Nigerian movies. Four hours to tell the story you could have told me in 30 minutes, it gets on my nerves. But people will sit down there and patiently, what? Endure it. Maybe that comes to some people naturally. Now listen, I'm going somewhere. The things that will build up your faith will not come to you naturally. That's what I'm making. Some of these things come naturally. Sit down. Football is exciting. You can sit down there for two hours and watch Borussia Dortmund fight Paris Saint-Germain. It's interesting. It can be exciting to sit down and watch the match. All right? But listen to me. When you have to discipline yourself, it means that the thing may not come to you naturally. Sometimes it's happened to me before. Because one thing about messages, especially when you listen to some men, a man like Derek Prince that doesn't tell too many stories, just analyzing scripture verse against after verse. You can, it can get boring, you can fall asleep. You know, it can happen. It gets boring, you fall asleep. So you know what I do sometimes? I literally stand to listen to the message. I stand to listen to it. I'm talking about the discipline, and I'm saying, it, look, this is a call of the Lord for this season. Don't forget, He holds you personally responsible for your life. 
You are getting my logic here. So you need to, listen, it's important. You need to do what you have to do. Like you are talking about the program that we're just coming from in Oka. That some people travel from other places to come and attend. That's how it's supposed to be. If truth, if if understanding is coming and you need to get something, go there. There's a man that they said was coming to Nigeria, um, was it earlier in the year or late last year? I wanted to go. There was, I had not had an important commitment clashing. I said, no, this thing I need to attend. But good enough, the NASA wasn't coming again. I said, okay, when is it coming? I'm still watching out for it. If it's coming, even if they say it's coming and the program is in Meduguri, I'm going. Because it's coming from outside Nigeria. If you can go to Meduguri, I can go there too. I'm not, serious, I'm not joking about that. I'm very serious. Now, I'm not going to say that what we need to do, okay? There was something that David said in Psalm 119. He said, I have hastened to obey your commandments. Very important. I have hastened. I didn't hear it and sit down till it's convenient. I have made it a matter of hurry. I hastened to obey your word. Not when I have time. I hastened to obey the word. Please, let's get it clear. If you hear that good word is coming somewhere, the Lord is saying to you in this season, rush there. It's obedience to a word. There's too much ignorance in the body of Christ of today. As a matter of fact, we know that the problem is the problem of teachers, pastors, the elders. We don't want to go through that now. That's all over the scriptures. But then even though that's the primary problem, the Lord still holds each person responsible for his or his or her own life. You have to make up your mind that, listen, I want to go and learn the truth. I don't want to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Sometimes when I see people, the way they are tossed, the kind of things they respond to, I just say, ah, how are people this ignorant? But the fact is that they are ignorant. They don't know. But the commandment now is that you cannot remain ignorant. You are jeopardizing your own life. No, we're talking when we, when we arrived at Okai yesterday. We're talking about a young man that died, and we all agreed that look, that young man died following an old man. I remember the words he used. He said, "Association killed him. He's still dead." The old prophet, following the old prophet, killed the young man, but he's still dead. The one in the Bible we read about, same thing. So please take your life into your own hands and deliver yourself. Let's take being a businessman as an example. Do you know the Bible has a ton of things to say about how you're supposed to run your business? It has so many things to say about it. You're not supposed to be just using prayer to run your business. You are, there are divine precepts you are supposed to learn. There are Christians that are very zealous, and because of their zeal for the Lord, they don't even know how to give out of their business properly. They give and give their business in, into ruin, Yes. Some, they don't give at all. And some of the people that do some of these things, they actually think that they are serving God. And that's what pains me. Many of the things we suffer needlessly, we think we are serving God. That's what's painful. And we expect God to do something special. And he's not planning to do any of such things. He said, because what you are doing is wrong. So you have a responsibility to settle down and say, look, I'm running the business. What does your word say about it? And that information will not come to your house. That's what I'm going to emphasize. 
you have to go and look for it. You have to go and meet your friends and say, please, can you recommend a book? Do you know any teaching on, in this area? I want the word of God. I don't want Anthony Robbins. I'm not asking for Steve Covey. I'm asking for God's word. I'm asking for foundation. Some of those people may say things that are sensible, that are good, but they are the pillars. They are not the foundation of Christian business management. No, there are things I read in these scriptures. Let, let me, can, can I digress for a moment? As a child of God, you actually expect spiritual power to work for you. I was studying Matthew chapter 5 into chapter 6. And some things that Jesus will be saying. And I look at this, I said... <laughs> There are, some of, I, I don't bring that now because if I bring them up, your mind will tune to it. You start expecting me to explain further. And that will distract my spiritual concentration on the message for today. So let me not go there. But what I'm going to bring out is that there are things the Lord will say. I say, this is radical. For example, when he says that if they slap you on the cheek, turn the left. No business in the world will teach you that. And there is a way those things apply to your business. When they say, when they sue you for your shirt, give them your jacket also. No business will teach you that. No business principle will teach you that. Only the word of God. How do you apply those things? There are people that are fighting fights that is just over righteousness. And the Lord didn't tell them to fight some of those fights. But you wouldn't know except you get up, all right? Get materials. You're not trying to, like I said, it's not Anthony Robbins here. There are things that a business school will not teach that you need to find out from God's word by prayer and by spiritual books. There is nothing the Lord has not spoken about. And if the Lord speaks words to you, you take those words, I call them the wisdom for your salvation, and you apply them. You will not be able to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. There are times people have killed their businesses for the sake of the kingdom. They think, but God is displeased with them. Ajilutuno said, when the cry in his heart was to serve God more, he wanted to shut down being a businessman and go into missionary work. But God gave him wisdom. He went to speak to a pastor. And the pastor said, see me later. Next time he came back, the pastor said, listen, the Lord needs businessmen as much as he needs missionaries. That was a remark word for him. That word went into his heart and his business blossomed. And he became a great giver to the cause of the gospel. He was known for giving up to 90% of his profits. I, I deliberately said profit because he didn't give his capital. <laughs> he gave up to 90%, just gave it away. And when he sold his company at a point in time, this was in the 70s for $75 million, a lot of money. In today's terms, you know, can imagine how much it would be. He gave everything away to mission work. Are you getting my point? So he, he would have killed that thing early if he was not properly taught. So that's why we all need it, to know God's word in every area. I'm a married man, a married woman. There's what the Bible says concerning how to handle my marriage. And there's a blessing that will never come into my life except I learn it. I'm a parent. There's what the scriptures say about how to raise my children. And there's a blessing that will never come into my life except I learn it. There are many prayers people are praying. The Lord said the answer is plenty, but there's no channel for, of delivery. Because the precepts of God, you know, they are like the channels that we build so that that thing can flow through into our lives. So we ask God in prayer for breakthrough. The Lord said, okay, yes, I want to give it to you. But where will I pour it into? 
No, Yinka and I were still discussing yesterday about how people run businesses and there is no way on earth they can make profit. And they are good people. They are not bad people. And the Lord wants to pour abundance into their lives. And he says, but your basket is leaky. If I pour it, you will waste it. One, one day one of our brothers said something. I was with him. He does big business. You know, big business. You know, contract of, you know, jobs of hundreds of millions of naira. You know, sometimes this thing, how the, the cost is in dollars and all of that. When he was talking with me, they had to do one big job somewhere. And by the time he finished giving them his uh, quote, you know, he was bidding for a job. So they wanted him to do it. So the guys came to him and said, listen, this is too high. He said, that's the best I can do. He said, why don't you remove this one? It has to be a tax. I mean, you don't have to pay these taxes. Wait, it is. He said to, he told them, no. That's government prescribed tax on this kind of job. We will pay it. It has to be part of my cost. And then they were wondering, like, why? You know, why are you so concerned about government? He said, sorry. Government said, we do this. It's withholding tax. I will give them all their money. Now, he now said something to me afterwards, which for me was so striking. He said, something people don't understand. And, you know, Nigerian law and taxation was not even this strong, you know. All right? They were not enforcing. The laws have always been there, but they were not enforcing. But he said something which struck me after that. He said, many businessmen don't even know that by refusing to pay these taxes, you are capping your business permanently. He said, because a day will come, you need to bid for a job of $500 million. And they will ask you, have you ever done the job that big? That's when you realize that you can't say yes. Maybe you've done the job as high as $50 million and stuff like that. But you can't claim it because the only proof they recognize is a tax paid on it. So you have the capacity to handle a business of $500 million and it's staring you in the face. But because you didn't want to give government his 15 million naira some years ago, now your business has been capped at a particular level. That was the I learned. We know we keep learning. Good enough is a Christian. He trusts that God will lift him up somewhere. And part of that, you know, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Because he had a vision, all right, he knew to keep the law of God. And the Bible says, pay your taxes. Are you getting my point? Now, I'm talking about the law. You see, when God wants to pour abundance into our lives, he needs the structure, spiritual structure now already in place. I just give us an example. That many times we don't realize it, we think we are being smart. We think we are cheating somebody else. We think we are being smart. We don't know we are actually cheating ourselves. So sometimes we pray, Father, lift me up, my business. And God says, I would have done this thing for you. It's a small thing for me to do. But there is nothing to carry it. Your basket is leaky. Now, some of these things you will never know except you you settle down. Like I know I say all the time, what's the meaning of a Christian fast? A Christian fast is not, Lord, I am hungry. And because of my hunger, you will answer me. That's not Christian fast. That's a Hindu fast. Even the Islamic people, they are very wise. They eat early in the morning. I eat early in the night. Normal working people can handle that fast. And the smartest people when it comes to fasting. They do, four, that, I mean this, 28 days fasting. One month. And they just from sun up to sundown. 
That is better wisdom than the one my brethren do. My brethren will say it is six to six. Some people are so crazy. They will do three days, no food, no water. Spiritual madness. Some will do five days, no food, no water, because they want to be ordained. And you know, they, 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 they think it is spirituality. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. I have not eaten for the last three days. How can the dog have? <laughs> Why, let us pray. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> you know, these days, uh, I like the fact that I have enough people to listen to me so I can say anything I want to say. Some people will leave. That's not the problem. They left Jesus too and they continued preaching. They all came back. They did not run away. They all came back. So I like the fact that I can say what I like. You are fasting five days dry. You must be a Hindu. The Lord is just tolerating you. Stop that nonsense. What you dog? When you get home, tell your mother. That Pastor Bangi said, I beg in this house, no more five days dry fasting. That is called an abuse of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't you, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And your body does not belong to you, it belongs to God. If you starve my dog for five days, me and you will have problems. So. That don't you know this dog is a living creature? He's hungry too. How much more when me, my body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, you starve it for five days? The Lord will be calling you say, oh boy, you want to die for the world? I finished that job on the cross. No vacancy there. That's not Christian fasting. It doesn't improve the efficacy of your prayer. It doesn't let you see visions. You will be dreaming strange dreams. What is a Christian fast? I keep on saying it. It is to settle down and say, Lord, reveal your word to me. Reveal to me the wisdom for my own salvation. I'm starting out in business. I'm starting something. I take time out and go and incubate. That's why it doesn't have to be three days, five days straight. It can be two months daily, of which one day of the week is a total day fast, Christian fast. So for the next two months, I wake up at five, I pray, I study the word of God, and I begin to pronounce the word over my business. I begin to pronounce the word over the marriage I'm about to step into. I begin to pronounce the word over the home I'm starting. Then after that, I start meditating. The words I have studied, they will rise up and start talking to me. Then I start jotting things down. I start jotting things down. I start jotting things down. I started from first day, I mean, the next two months. Every Sunday, or every Saturday, or on one particular day of the week, I won't go out till 2 o'clock. I just stretch this thing I've been doing from 5 o'clock to 7, which I've been doing every day, 5 to 7. I start jotting things down. That day that I, I keep aside, that's the day that I, what is my, what is the issue of food? Food is a distraction. You can't give me moi moi with uh, pap and bread. Heavy one like this, and I'll, I'll be able to pray. I can't. So before everybody wakes up, I should go and do that. But when I get too hungry, listen to me, people of God. I'm teaching you how to fast as a believer in Christ Jesus. If my stomach becomes a distraction for my... Okay, let me ask you a question. You are going to laugh. Oh. As you are fasting, and suddenly the urge to poo comes, what do you do? Huh? You go, go. Why are you breaking the fast? My brethren, sometimes 
The urge to eat also is the same category. It's disturbing you. You know that kind of thing that you get to the toilet, you knock. Somebody did that, you start doing like this. What are you doing inside there? <laughs> the one that walks on me, at times that I run away from the toilet, I run far. If you run far, your, your body will realize that, man, this toilet is far. <laughs> So sometimes it happens. You know, that, what I'm saying is that their natural urges are not bad things like that. So it gets to that point in which your stomach is now the problem. You want to read Isaiah chapter 11. Get to verse. The Lord. Uh, uh. So wife says, honey, what's going on? So I think my stomach is spinning me. Don't worry, just say, please, baby, can I have two slices of bread and a glass of juice, milk, water? That is the effective way to cast out the demon of hunger. Then, you say, you have broken the fast. You have not broken the fast. Just go back and continue. Your focus is on, I'm planning to start this career. What are the words, what are the things that the Lord has spoken? I start writing them down. That's why I say it may take two months. Is that concentration that's Christianity? That is Christianity. Is that concentration that is fasting? That's what is fasting. In that season, you listen to good messages. You read spiritual books. You pray. You declare the word. You wet your destiny with the word of God. That word will speak back to you and start jotting things down. You write things down. You have ideas. Listen to me. The Lord will communicate ideas to you that people who went into that area before you did not know to use. He said he has hidden sound wisdom for the upright. That's when he releases the wisdom he has hidden for you. You write it down. It might take you, like I gave us an example, two months, of which one full day of the every week, you take from early morning to 12, sometimes to 5. You have a manual. You are writing. When you're done, you will know when to stop because you have enough information. It's called wisdom for your salvation. That is what you will now start acting upon that makes your career, your business, your marriage, your family different from that of other people. God doesn't just bless you simply because you're a Christian. That is a foundation. He also blesses you because your things are different. I don't know what I hear what I said. His blessing is not just, I don't know, I plant like everybody else. My own, they harvest much more than everybody else. That's part of it. But one major thing he gives you is wisdom that's different from that of everybody else. He gives you revelation different from that of everybody else. That's one of the, that's one of the assignments God has given those who are into business. God says, go and teach the world a new level of righteousness. By the time you are done, people will copy something from you, which will be different, and you improve life for them. Yes, you still have miraculous, miraculous interventions. Yes, but most blessings of God. Now, please, this is what I want to say carefully. Okay, most blessings of God are not so miraculous in appearance. I don't know what I get my point. It's a blessing, okay, but it just comes insidiously. It just comes gently, enters into your life. That's why I call it the simplicity of divine intervention. Many times Christians think that you only, I was just going on the road. Suddenly, wow, a basket of corn came out of the sky. And it's my harvest. Why? 
I saw the seed last week in church. That hardly happens. And most times it happens like that. Go and check. A plane carrying produce was flying past. <laughs> most times what the Lord does is that he gives you wisdom on how to plant corn when everybody has said it was not plantable. Now you do it two, three seasons. Everybody sees that, oh, this thing can actually be done. They not start learning it from you. Most of the times, what he does is his blessing. Don't ever forget it. Say, except the Lord builds the, builds the house, they labor in vain. They still labor. But he now teaches them how to labor so that their labor will not be in vain. But they still get up in the morning, buy cement. They still buy bricks. They still make their mortar. Still make their, you know, lay the blocks. You're getting my point here. They will still get all of those things done, but they have a special advantage that is called the wisdom of God. So for them, most things that happen don't come out so, you know, in quotes, super, you know. Ah, not as if, oh, we planted corn yesterday. Today we, we woke up, praise God. Our corn that we planted has become tomato. Amen. With us as children of God, things are different. Even if we plant corn, we can reap tomato. What happens after I finish planting the corn? I just realized that, ah, I needed tomato. So I spoke to the field. Bring forth tomato. Those things today happen very rarely. Once in 100 years. Once in your lifetime. Strange things happen. They do. I'm not saying they don't. But they're not a habit. And most times you can't even count on them. And most times they happen. In fact, that's one, the, the set of messages by Andrew Mark I enjoy. Is that set? In fact, it's the only one I recommend all the time. Getting God's best. He talked about miracles versus blessing. He was talking about how the blessing comes and how you can have miracles. And one of the things he said, let me just try to remember them. If you know some of them, remind me. He said, number one, blessings are constant, they are abundant. Miracles will come and just meet a need. And that's all. Daily doesn't come and have too much. He said, blessings, they are kind of predictable. Now, let me try to remember the way I remember. But miracles are not. Blessings don't wait for you to get to a crisis. Miracles wait for when you are in crisis. Is that just before you die, something will happen. Do you get my point? That's a, that, that, that's a miracle. He now says it is always better to live in the blessing than to live by miracles. He said one day he was praying and he was just saying to the Lord, I have not seen a miracle in a very long time. He said, and the Lord asked him, you want to go back to the days of miracles? He said, no, thank you. Why? There was a time he had a lot of miracles. Fuel will finish in his car. It will stop. He will pray, push the car, start it again, and he drive for another, say, 1,500 miles. One day his car, he didn't have enough money to buy antifreeze. Now, for those of us who live in blessed countries like Nigeria, we don't know what's going on. You know, some of the problems people have to solve in some areas, we don't know. So let me make a long story short. You have to put in your radiator antifreeze. Otherwise, at night, the radiator water will turn to block. Look, ice is... Don't play with water. Ice may look like your friend. Put in an enclosed space, let it freeze. It breaks things. You see the way it does to your bottle in ordinary freezer. One day, Andrew Womack, he didn't have money to buy antifreeze. And he woke up in the morning, engine block somewhere in the engine don't break. He was driving, saw water leaking all over the place. 
He drove that car like that, I don't know for how many weeks. The Holy Spirit did not let the car stop. And the man, why, why didn't the Holy Spirit allow the car to stop? Because of poverty. The man was too poor. That's how God sustained him. But miracles, one miracle after the other, will keep happening. So one day the Lord said, do you want to go back to those days? He said, lie, lie. I like where I am right now. In the days of blessing, he buys fuel. He doesn't lay hands on the tank. I mean, how many of you lay hands on your tank once in a while? You don't need to lay hands on your tank. All this laying hands on tank and all of that is not too, you know, it's not so bad just that your car is not so good, so you just have to keep on laying hands. The day God gives you plenty of money, and you go down to Costaris and collect one, you collect one brand new, your, your prayer will be reduced to, Father, will thank you. Hallelujah. You start the car, start going. And when you park in the evening, you say, oh, Hallelujah. Father, it's a great day. But right now, you wake up in the morning. I speak to this engine. Doesn't know why. I know why. I understand. Speak to the engine. Speak to the engine. Most people don't remember to speak to engines. You just turn your key. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. You turn the car. Then it's time to buy fuel. You enter the filling station. You park. Uh, fill the tank. Hallelujah. When the girl finishes, um, 9,008, sir. Oh, 9,008. Just count 11,000 and give her. That's your way of saying, Father, we thank you. But before that, uh, tell the girl, uh, put 1,000. Then the girl will bring back out her nose. He said, Ah, you don't put that finish. <laughs> then you come down. You do wipe that thing before you start there. The girl goes, looks at girl. This is 1,000 fuel. All this harassment. <laughs> After you come out, of course, you lay hands father in the name of Jesus. This guy, you get to walk out. Okay, Mute is preaching. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, what am I trying to say? So, the Lord can work those miracles. But listen to that series. It's very important. I, I'm recommending it. Try and get that message Blessings versus miracles. And the woman will show you the difference between the two. But what God wants us to live in is in the blessing. Are you getting my point? Yeah, he wants us to live in the blessing. And living in the blessing, what happens is that he gives us wisdom. He teaches us what other people don't know. You are getting what I'm trying to say here? So I've thought of this to let you know that there's a word the Lord has kept for you. And based upon that word, precepts, promises combined, he will use use those things to produce abundance of blessings in your life. But if they will not find his way to your house, you go out to go and look for it. That's a Christian fast. So that booklet, that booklet that you put, you put together in all those days, in all those weeks of fasting, you see what I'm saying here? All those ways, days of waiting upon the Lord in prayer and thanksgiving, in concentration, all of those days of fasting, it gives you the wisdom for salvation. I'm giving you the word of the Lord Jesus for this season again. Don't step into any new thing without it. Did you hear what I said? And then you tell me, ah, please, I'm starting a farm. I want to tell you, where's your book? Say, what? Don't start yet. That's my next word. Take a month, get your book. And I don't mean things you jotted down from sagacity concept. You know sagacity? You can't have taught you how to do business. That one, uh, business. I'm talking about things that you brought out from the bowels of the spirit by yourself. When you want to talk to somebody like you, for sagacity to help you put down business plan, you give that to him. 
that your plans must be based upon these I have written. Don't give me any plan that deviates from this one. If it looks through your plans, it looks like things are not exactly the way. Maybe you think things should be, can be a little bit different. He's supposed to come back to you and say, I disagree with you here. Then he say, give me a day or two. Let me pray. It's possible you made a mistake. But you are trying to build according to a pattern shown to you on the mountain. That's what happened to Moses. God said, before you build this tabernacle, cram the pattern I showed you on the mountain and make sure everything fits to it. Are you getting what I'm trying to explain here? Yes. We can know the general word of God. It's important. But there must be a specific word for every venture you are stepping into, which is not based on general knowledge, but based on things you derived out of the prayer time, the fasting time. That's what we call Christianity. Practical Christianity. There are many things that will have come. People, like I was saying at the beginning, people say, how do you give from your business? You find out at such times. You, make up, you get to know those things ahead of time. That's what Jesus said when he said, meant when he said, who is it that wants to build a tower that, that will not first sit down and count? Again, I'm saying this is the word of God to us for this season. We must have what? Knowledge. We must have what? And one more thing, it doesn't come to us. We go looking for it. Actually, it is hidden. We're supposed to search it out. So back to, we're reading, right? Verse 12. And the angel of the church in Pergamum writes, The one who has the sharp two-edged sword says this, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And that you hold fast my name and did not deny my, deny my face, even in the days of Antipas. Verse 14, but I have a few things against you because, he said, because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam. And what did Balaam do? He kept teaching Balak to put his stumbling block before the sons of Israel. To eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit acts of immorality. In the same way, some hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. That's verse 15. I'm summarizing now because I've read this a number of times. In 16, he says, therefore repent or else I'm coming to you quickly. And I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now to him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira writes, The Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze says this, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance. Actually, you should take time and ask yourself, how much love do I walk in? Faith, service, and perseverance. You should always ask those questions. And I know that your deeds of late are greater, of late are greater than at first, but I have this against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bond servants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on the bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great, great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds. Verse 23, And I will kill her children with pestilence, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. But I say to you, the rest who are in the entire terror, who do not hold this teaching, who have not known the deep things, so-called, which are actually things of Satan, the deep things of Satan, as they call them, 
I put no other burden on you. I told you the burden of the Lord Jesus is not heavy. That they just keep away from these deeds and you're okay in this church. Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. Now notice verse 26. To him who overcomes and who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces, as I have, I have also received authority from my father, and I will give him the morning star. And I said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's just stop reading here, and let me just say a few things, then we'll close. Now, we have been reading this for some time. Jezebel is not just a woman, that is application now, it's a spirit, all right? And what is it? It puts something before our faces different from the Lord Jesus. It may put success before us. We may be so focused on healing. We may be so focused on material prosperity that we don't realize that these are things the Bible calls added blessings. The only things we are supposed to put in front of our eyes is the Lord Jesus Christ. Him and no one else. Jesus crucified, the resurrected Jesus, the Jesus that is seated on the right hand of the Father in majesty. We focus on him. Anything that takes us away from that focus is Jezebel. Please, I hope you get the point here. Now, but what I want to bring out from here, which I've been trying to do for some time now, is the reward he promised these people in these churches. The first one he said, I will give the person a shining stone, a white stone, a brilliant stone, and that signifies, now this is how I understand it, it's like a crown, you know, like a gem in a crown. That's what he's giving him. And he says, a new name he also gave the person. That name will be on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. Now, when he came to the church in Thyatira, he told them a similar thing using different typology now. He said, I will give the person who overcomes authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. 